0: In January 2018, Jordan Turpin, the 17-year-old daughter of David and Louise Turpin, frantically climbed out of a window at their home. Having escaped, she accused her parents of mistreating both her and her 12 siblings for years. The facts of the case came to light and the macabre scenes later found at the Turpin home shocked American authorities. David and Louise Turpin had imprisoned their 13 children for years. During this time, none of the couple's neighbours could have imagined what had been happening in their family home. It was the astute attitude of daughter number 8, 17 years old, that completely changed the lives of her 12 siblings. Today's case will talk about what became known by the media as the House of Horrors. This is the bizarre story of Turpin family. David Alan Turpin was born on October 17th, 1961, and grew up in a religious home. He was an ordinary child. At school he never got into fights, he got good grades, and he was looked upon as a bit of a nerd. He was passionate about cars and a fan of films and TV shows like Star Wars and Star Trek. Upon completing high school at the age of 17, he won a scholarship to study electronic engineering. Louise Anna Robinette was born on May 24, 1968, and was also raised in a religious family. She had two younger sisters, Teresa and Elizabeth. As a child, she was quiet. She didn't have many friends and was bullied at school. Her parents often fought the girls witnessed them physically attacking each other. When Louise was ten years old, she took on the weight of responsibility for her young sisters due to her parents' neglect. There is some evidence that Louise's mother had been abused as a child by her own father, Louise's grandfather. He had been a powerful man, an influential politician who owned several gas stations in the region. Over the years the Robinette family had built an empire. Growing up, Louise's mother had never had to work and she and her siblings had the best of everything. In mid-1983, when David and Louise met, he was 21 and she was 14. It appears they first saw each other at church meetings. They made little effort to conceal their romance and this did not sit well with Louise's parents. Louise saw in David a chance to leave home. David was not welcome in Louise's house, so he used to meet her after school. When they had been together for about one year, Louise threatened to run away with him and never return. Her parents believed that this would tarnish their family name and, following their religious beliefs, allowed them to get married in February 1985. In 1984... David had graduated with a degree in electronic engineering, was looking for a job, and in 1985, after married, he got one. He was 23 and Louise was 16. Louise changed her name to Louise Anna Turpin and dropped out of high school. There is an extensive chronology with parallel information for the years that the children were born in, the changes in the couple's lives culminating in the way the children were treated. To avoid confusion, I will first summarise the birth dates of the children, then explain some facts about the couple and the narrative, without missing the essential information about this case. Over the course of 18 years, David and Louise had 12 children. The 13th child was born 9 years after the 12th, they all bear the surname Turpin, and their names are Jennifer, July 88, Joshua, February 92, Jessica, November 93, Jonathan, December 95, Joy, May 97, Julianne, June 98, Janetta, July 99, Jordan 2000. James 2001, Joanna 2002, Jalinda 2004, Jalissa 2006 and Janna 2015. In total, there are ten girls and three boys. Let's now move on to the couple's lives in the 90s and the 2000s. Living in Fort Worth, Texas... David was progressing well in his profession and moving from city to city whenever he got a promotion. In total, the family moved three times. David earned an annual salary of approximately $150,000, that is, around $12,500 per month. As time went by, and with more children being born, their expenses increased. There also came a certain point when the couple became addicted to gambling. Expenses needed to be pared back and those who suffered directly from this were the children. In the 90s, when the couple had four or five children, they stopped having three meals a day and started just having two. One of Louise's sisters, Elizabeth, still visited the couple or received visits from them and she noticed that the children's education was very strict. For example, She observed that the children always asked permission to eat, even if their dish was already on the table. If Louise was talking and didn't speak to them, the children wouldn't eat. They would only eat when they were given express permission. She also cannot remember ever being alone with any of the children. Either Louise or David were always there. So far, this was nothing that could alarm third parties, but it was apparently a harsh education. At home, the regiment was much stricter. The parents did not show any affection. The children lived in their rooms and were only allowed to leave to go to school, eat and use the bathroom. Even so, whatever they wanted to do inside the house, they could only do so after asking permission. At the end of the 90s, when the couple had seven children, their financial problems reached a critical stage. In the spring of 1999, they were evicted for not paying the mortgage on their house. But they managed somehow to finance a cheaper house further away from where they were with another bank. They moved to Rio Vista, a small rural town in Texas, with a population of less than 1,000. They didn't have close neighbours, but the area wasn't large. In most small towns, people who call unexpectedly are usually welcomed. But when their neighbors tried to make friends by knocking on the door, no one answered. In their new house, David bought pigs, goats and chickens in an attempt to be self-sufficient. They also had two pet chihuahua dogs. As for the treatment of their children, things became much tougher. If they were at the door, they were not allowed to speak to their neighbors They could not even give their names if they were asked. The children were seen around the neighbourhood as they travelled to and from school in the family van but Louise and David never spoke to anyone not even when they were seen in the supermarket. There were a lot of children in the area and they knew that there were children at the Turpin house. Some called to their door to ask the Turpin children to play But Louise screamed and kicked them out. The Turpin children were severely punished when they attempted any contact with them, even through the window. The children's school sent notifications to the couple, complaining about the kids' hygiene, their dirty clothes and lice. When one of these warnings was very strict, saying that the children apparently smelled of urine and faeces, the couple decided to take them all out of school. After that, David and Louise left the children in their rooms all the time. The children lived in inhumane conditions, where they were sometimes chained to their beds, fed once a day, one child at a time and in silence, and were not always allowed to go to the bathroom. This situation of feeding one at a time worked more or less like this. Louise called one of the children, who went to the kitchen and ate standing up. As soon as they finished, they went to the bathroom to brush their teeth and then to the bedroom so that the next child could go. In the bathroom, while brushing their teeth, they had a strict regime for using water. If they wet their hands above the wrists, they were considered as if they were playing or wasting it and were thus punished. The punishments were both psychological and physical, but the physical ones were not yet physical attacks. They included the loss of the right to a meal of the day, no drinking water, or being chained to their bed for days. Family members who wanted to visit them never received this authorization. The couple always made excuses to not visit them or receive visits from them. They isolated themselves. During the period in which they lived there, the couple had five more children, now totaling 12. At this point, David and Louise built a kind of human cage in the basement of the house to use as a form of punishment for the children who didn't follow the rules. This cage was two meters high by one and a half meters long and wide and was divided in the middle to fit two children at the same time. In other words, there were two rectangles together that measured two metres high, one and a half metres long and 75 centimetres wide. There was a space under the iron door to pass food without having to open the grill. They were locked there for days, where in addition to eating they also had to relieve themselves. The couple always gave the excuse that this education was divine that God would always forgive those who deserved to be forgiven for their bad behaviour. They were constantly forced to read and memorise passages from the Bible. For the children who did not yet know how to read, they had to listen to the passages being read by their siblings. The couple also rented a smaller apartment in Texas for a while, and sometimes spent time there, but they only brought the two youngest children, who were babies. The rest were left trapped in the house, without food or water from the tap. Sometimes David brought them canned food, deposited it there and left. Many may wonder why the children didn't run away at this stage. It is very important to point out here that everyone was brainwashed. There were various types of physical and psychological torture And the older siblings, Jennifer and Joshua, were forced to take care of the younger ones without letting anyone leave. If something happened, they would be punished in the most perverse ways. They had no vision of what the outside world was like to know that escape would be worthwhile. Where would they even go? They didn't even know where they were. They thought that the method of education they had at home was one that existed everywhere. In 2010, David lost his job. They left the apartment and returned home. But it wasn't long before they were also unable to pay the mortgage for this house. As they knew they were going to lose the property, they simply took the children and left. They left everything behind. The abandonment was discovered before the bank appeared when a neighbour heard dogs crying and barking from hunger and decided to investigate. When he realised that there was no one in the house, he went in to feed the dogs and found a huge mess and an unpleasant odour. Feces and urine were all over the place. The cage in the basement was not considered to be a human punishment because it looked more like a doghouse. The couple moved to a house in Paris, California, And in 2011, David got a new job as a computer engineer at a large construction company and once again earned approximately $150,000 a year. But they were already deep in debt. Owing more than $250,000 to creditors, they declared bankruptcy. But that didn't stop them from continuing to spend. In David's new job, he worked from 2pm to 10pm. And one morning, a neighbour saw something quite strange inside the property of this new family that had just arrived there. At around midnight, he observed the children marching in the upstairs hallway. The children woke up at 10pm and went to sleep around 6am. On average, they slept around 16 hours a day. Without proper nutrition, they felt weak all the time. The food which was now only given once a day, was always bread with peanut butter and leftover burritos that the parents had not finished. That year, David had the idea of registering the property as a private school, homeschooling. The house was listed in state records as a non-religious institution and opened in 2011. David was registered as the director... This was the perfect legal excuse to keep the kids indoors 24 hours a day. A photo of the family holding diplomas was even posted on Facebook. These were fictitious diplomas purchased online. Are you
1: what? homeschooled?
2: No, we don't do school. Our mother tells people we're private school and she has a fake private school set up. But we don't really do school. I haven't finished first grade and I'm team.
0: Due to the grass in front of the house being uncared for, the city council once sent a notice to the property demanding greater care for the garden. Carelessness would result in a fine as the image of an abandoned house devalued the other houses in the region. Because of this, David forced some of his children to do this work, work that was done only under his supervision and in the early hours of the morning after David arrived home from work. In February 2011, after 26 years of marriage, David and Louise decided to renew their wedding vows on a trip to Las Vegas. For an entire weekend, they left the 12 children at home alone. They spared no expense, even after bankruptcy. Due to the published photos of the ceremony, families wondered where the children were because they did not appear in the photos. They were worried about whether they were well or not, And David's brother, along with his wife and their five children, wanted to see the couple and their children in person and went to Disney for a family trip in July of that same year. All of them. This would be a huge opportunity for the couple to show their family that they were... fine. It was the first time in many years that they had all taken a real bath.
2: We live in still, and sometimes I wake up And I can't breathe, because how dirty the house is. When was the last
1: time you had a
0: bath?
1: Almost a year ago.
0: In September 2013, they returned to Vegas to renew their vows again. But this time, they brought all the children. However, at home, they always remained in their rooms. Without access to TV or newspapers, some did not even know how to read or write. David and Louise deprived their children of basic knowledge. They were always locked in their rooms, eating only once a day. The house had four bedrooms, one was for the couple, and the other three bedrooms had two bunk beds each, so there were four children in each room. Each bunk had its own chain and padlock. Their bed linen was never washed. The treatment given to the eldest children, Jennifer and Joshua, was somehow different perhaps due to the execution of the assignments given by their parents. They were given some benefits. Jennifer and Joshua were given a smartphone each. They were also the only ones who had the right to watch cartoons on TV, but just with their parents present. It is worth noting that at this point, Jennifer and Joshua were over 20 years old each. In 2014, Louise became pregnant And at the beginning of 2015, Jana was born, the couple's 13th child. She posted several photos on social media of her daughter with her and David, but not the other children. When people asked, what about your other children, how are they? Show photos of them too. She always gave the excuse that it was very difficult to take photos of them all together. In 2015, they once again went to Las Vegas to renew their wedding vows. Yes, for the third time. And this time, they celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary. In 2016, Jennifer let her sister Jordan use her smartphone to view some photos, but she ended up going online and Jennifer saw it. Jennifer immediately warned her mother. Louise, furious at Jordan, held her neck very tightly and made threats against her life, for the first time, if she did something similar again. Despite all the mistreatment, including physical attacks and punishments, threats to life were never made, and it was at that moment that the two realised that this education was going too far. From then on, the two, subtly, not openly, discussed their desire to get out of this situation in October of that same year, Jonathan, aged 20, Janetta, aged 17, and Jalinda, aged 7, were caught stealing food from the kitchen. As punishment, they were chained to their beds. When Christmas arrived, the family had a small dinner and they were released, but only allowed to stay in the living room and watch their parents and other siblings celebrate the day. The three siblings who had been punished for two months had to stand without eating and were returned to their chains when the celebration ended. On Mother's Day the following year, 2017, they took another shower and got ready to take a photo and post it on Facebook. In this, as in all the photos, the children seemed to always be happy, but they were forced to be so. As soon as the photo was taken, their clothes were removed, and they returned to their rooms to continue their punishment. Jonathan, Janetta and Jalinda were still chained up from October of the previous year.:
3: Okay,
2: I live in a family of 15 people, and my parents are abusing, abuse us, and my two little sisters right now are chained up.
1: And how many of your siblings are tied up?
2: Two. Of my sisters, one of my brothers.
1: How are they tied up with rope or with what? chains.
2: They're
4: chained up to their bed. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido?
5: Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, Venha conhecer o podcast Patramada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos.
4: Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Patramada Criminal.
0: During 2017, Louise's father passed away. She didn't go to the funeral. She told her family that they had booked a trip to Disney and she wasn't going to cancel it. At the end of 2017, Joshua gave Jordan his cell phone because he had just gotten a new one. The old cell phone could not make calls, but it had access to the internet through Wi-Fi. She created a fictitious Instagram profile under the name Lacey Swan and over time made some friends online. One of them was an Indian boy called Nalesh Potbar. She told him what her life was like and he clearly saw that all was not right. He explained to her how wrong it all was, and encouraged her to run away. He was the one who told her that her phone could still make emergency calls. She had no idea that this was possible. He was also the one who explained what 911 was. Jordan talked to Jennifer, and they agreed to make this call on the day of their escape. They wouldn't try to call from home as they didn't even know their street address. Jordan had been taking photos of her and her siblings, but focused on the condition the house was in to show authorities in due course. She took photos that way because if her parents took her cell phone, they wouldn't be suspicious. And that's how, on January 14th, 2018, at 5.30 in the morning, the two managed to escape. However, Jennifer was too afraid of being caught and punished and decided to return. Jordan continued to run and as soon as she could no longer see her house, she dialed 911. Information on the internet says that the call lasted around 20 minutes and the attendants stayed on the line for as long as possible until the patrol arrived. However, the entire recording was not released. So now you will hear what is available online.
2: 911 emergency, what are you reporting? Um,
1: well... This is 911, do you have an
2: emergency? I just ran away from home.
1: Do you know what street you're on? Uh,
2: no. Uh, I just ran away from home because... I live in a family of fifteen. okay? We have abused parents. Did you hear that? Okay, how did they
1: abuse
2: you? Okay, they shit us. They throw us. Across. They like throw us across the room. They pull our hair. They they yank out our hair. I have two, my two little sisters right now, are chained up. Okay, how Is old are you? I'm seventeen. What's your name? Jordan Turpin. Okay. I'm going to connect you with the Sheriff's Department
1: so that they can help me. One moment, don't hang up. I won't. What's your address?
2: Okay, you got give me a minute. It's going to take a while. I've never been out. I don't go out much, so... I don't know anything about the streets or anything. My address is... nine, two, five, seven. Zero, five, seven, four.
1: Did you get it? Okay, so now you just gave me a whole bunch of numbers. You didn't give me any kind of street name there.
2: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. These okay. the numbers on my house.
1: That's your zip code. Your the numbers on your house should only be three digits. Are you in a corner right now? Uh, I'm. I might be. Are you at, is there a street sign? Is there a pole with two names at the top? I just need, I just need a stop sign. Okay, can you go over and stand right at that stop sign?
2: Yes. The reason I ran away from home was because chains were making places and they will wake up at night and they will start crying. And they wanted me to call somebody and tell them. And so I wanted to call, I wanted to call y'all so y'all could help my sister.
1: Do you think anybody in the house will need to go to the hospital?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. Sometimes we live in filth, and sometimes I wake up and I can't breathe because of how dirty the house is. We never take baths.
1: When was the last time you had a bath? Almost a year ago. Do you know if your parents keep any kind of weapons in the house? Uh,
2: I think that my father has a
1: gun. Have you seen the gun?
2: No, but they've talked about it.
1: Does anybody at the house take any kind of medication? Oh,
2: uh, I don't know what medication
1: any is. Any medicine?
2: I mean, we have a cold. Sometimes we take revocations.
1: I just want to stay on the phone with you. Um, how did you get this phone that you have?
2: Uh, it was a phone that my brother had that he was going to throw away. And I had to have a way to contact somebody like you, so I got it so I could call number
1: one. And you guys don't have any friends? or anybody who comes over to the house? Okay. okay. Is that the deputy? Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Go talk to him, okay? Yes. Yeah. All right, bye-bye.
0: From now on, you will hear part of the recording made by the body cam of the police officer who found Jordan on the street.
6: Hi, Jordan. Hi, what's going on?
3: I just ran away from home. Okay. And I live in a family of fifteen. Okay. My two little sisters right now are chained up. They're chained up? Yes.
6: Where are they chained up at?
3: On the bed. Now, mother didn't chain them up just to be me. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. They're chained up because they stole mother's food.
6: Uh Uh-huh.
3: But I'm sorry if I talk too much. Okay. I've never talked to anybody out there, so I don't... I don't I've never been alone with a person, so this is very hard for me to talk. Okay.
6: How did you... Do your parents know you left your house?
3: No, they don't.
6: Do you take any medication?
3: What's medication? Medication? Yeah, what's medication?
6: Do you take pills? Do you take pills?
3: Oh, I or... don't think I've ever taken a pill before. <clears throat> okay. Right, I haven't. My um, parents are abusing. They abuse us. But the reason I called and the reason I managed to get out here, this is one of the most scariest things I've ever done. Uh-huh. I'm terrified. But I called because my two little sisters, they're chained up right now.
6: You have pictures of your sisters chained up?
3: Yes, but uh, they're, yeah, they're in here. Okay. I I don't have proof of everything, but I have proof that my sisters are chained up. So see? See, those are the places that make can know them. And see how dirty she is? We are so filthy. We... We we don't take baths, we don't.
6: How did your sisters get like this? Okay. Your parents chained them up? Yes,
3: because they stole food. Okay. But they stole it because they were hungry.
6: Who took this picture?
3: I did, I took those pictures.
6: Okay, you make sure to save these, okay?
3: Okay, I will. Don't get rid of those. I will, I won. Can you
6: do me a favor, take a seat in the back of my car?
3: Okay.
6: Do you have any injuries?
3: What's injuries? Are you hurt? Oh, no, not right now.
6: What are your parents going to do when they find out you left?
3: Uh, they're going to want to literally kill me.
6: What's the worst thing they've done to you?
3: They have choked me against the bed. and.
6: Did you call the police?
3: I don't. I didn't have a chance to get a phone yet. This is my chance back up a um- phone Oh, my brother, chained up help
6: you. Um. They're chained up?
3: One of my brothers is chained up. Uh, so three people are chained up right
6: now. So what does your mom do?
3: Nothing. She just stays at home. She, uh, but she's always gone.
6: Well, why don't you guys just leave the house?
3: Because we're terrified. We, we don't really have a way. Everyone's always looking. There's always
0: something. When the police arrived at Turpin's house, it was already 7.20 a.m., they knocked for two minutes and ten seconds until the couple open it.
3: We got a call. a check the buffer here at your house. Yeah, so,
1: hi. Do you guys have kids in the house?
3: Yes. Okay, what kind
1: of car did
6: you get? How you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. We
3: were, we were just in bed, I mean, like...
6: Well, we're going to come in and check, okay? Well, what's your name, sir? David. David. Where are you guys planning on
0: moving to?
7: Oh,
0: no, my, my job's moving. Oh,
6: okay. What do you do for work?
0: I'm, a, I'm an engineer. Oh, engineer. With-
7: 35, he was an You got a
6: call? Yeah, we got a call from, I'm not sure if it was the young girl that left or if it was a neighbor that saw her walking around the street. So we'll get to the bottom of it as soon as we make sure everybody's OK, then we decide, we'll, we'll figure out if maybe she was one of your kids that wandered away. How many kids do you have?
3: 13.
6: 13 total?
8: Yeah. Woo, you guys are busy. Yeah.
0: The authorities saw the children dirty, with dirty clothes, very thin. There was an unbearable odour. There were so many problems that they even described the place as similar to a zoo with abandoned animals. Both David, 56, and Louise, 49, were caught red-handed and arrested. They were indicted for 75 crimes. Bail of $9 million each was set. It was just a symbolic value to ensure that they did not gain their freedom while awaiting trial. The children went to the hospital with a team of social workers because their physical condition made investigators think they were all minors. And that's why I say children, because physically and mentally, that's what they seemed to be. But at that point, their ages were two. 11, 13, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 24, 25 and 29 years. When the news spread in the neighborhood, everyone was shocked. No one suspected that there were 13 children in the house. The police found several toys in the garage which were later understood to be have been used for the psychological torture of them. Knowing that there were toys there which they could not use was a form of punishment. Louise and David had dozens of clothes. The children only had a few. The clothes they took photos of were always new and were then put away. The ones they used on a daily basis were always the same, unwashed. They also found a notebook with notes on the punishments because as there were so many children they wrote them down so as not to forget the deadline for each one of them. This notebook was never made public in its entirety. Only a few excerpts were transcribed and to give you an idea, the punishment for the siblings who were caught stealing food from the kitchen in October 2016 was ongoing until Christmas 2021. It is due to these facts that the media dubbed the case the House of Horrors. In the initial interrogations, the couple didn't answer much. The police even asked why they had so many children if they were going to treat them like that. The answer given was that they were very religious and that they felt they had been called by God to have so many children. After a few weeks in the hospital, a medical report for each child came out. I got some of the detailed information. I'm going to leave a list of the problems identified in each of them on our Instagram page, at mystery underscore archive, and it's a long list, but here I'm going to explain in general what was identified. The only one who didn't show any signs of neglect was the youngest, Jana, who was two years old at the time. Some of the children didn't know the alphabet, and some of those who did didn't know all the letters. They had never been to the dentist. Lice and ringworm were found in most of them. They weighed between 10 kilos and 25 kilos below their ideal weight. All older adults had cachexia, which is the loss of adipose tissue and muscle mass. The two oldest girls have lost ovarian function and will not be able to get pregnant. Low cognition was also identified in several of them, resulting in the inability to perform simple mental tasks such as memorization. Acute deficiency of several vitamins, mainly B12, C and D. Remembering that vitamin D is the simplest and most effective way to obtain in the body by having just 15 minutes of sunbathing per day, something they did not have. Lack of iron... Zinc, malnutrition, anemia, low glucose, scoliosis, abnormal bone development, restrictions in some joint movements and various problems in organs such as the stomach, liver and kidneys. Due to these various conditions, the older siblings' voices were very childish. The vocal cords had not reached adulthood. The full list is on Instagram at mystery underscore archive. In the hospital, they were fed gradually, as their malnutrition was severe and a sudden excessive amount of food and liquids in the body could cause a collapse. They underwent psychological and psychiatric care. It's unbelievable how they all managed to survive. Many at the hospital could only describe it as a miracle. They spent two months in the hospital, and they all cried when they left saying they didn't want to leave because it was the best place they had ever been in their entire lives. The older children received special assistance in a project created exclusively for them to learn in a simple and accompanied way the basic things of adult life such as personal hygiene, home hygiene, how to cook, and those who knew how to read and write also received basic guidance in using money. The six youngest children were divided into two groups of three, ...and sent to two foster homes. They all received the right to change their name and surname... ...information that is kept confidential to this day. Louise's sisters commented that when they went to visit her in prison... ...she cried a lot... ...begging them to visit David so he wouldn't be alone. They didn't visit. David only received visits from his lawyers... He cried and said he was sorry, but both, at no point, asked about any of the children. The hearings took place that same year, and the amount of evidence against the couple was so great that they could barely defend themselves. At the first hearing in January, any physical proximity between the parents and their children was strictly prohibited, with a minimum distance of 90 metres, except when present in court, Louise just smiled, an image that was marked in this case. At the final hearing in February 2019, they pleaded guilty to all charges and Louise looked dejected. On this day, some of the children were present to read their statements. All female children were identified by lawyers as Jane Doe 1, 2, 3 through 10 and the boys John Doe 1, 2 and 3. The first of the daughters to read her statement was identified as Jane Doe 4. The judge authorised the audio recording of the statements, but no images could be taken. Jane Doe 4 did not say her name while reading the letter.
1: Um,
2: My parents took my whole life from me, but now I'm taking my life back. I'm in college now and living independently. I love hanging out with my friends and life is great. I believe everything happens for a reason. Life may have been bad, but it made me strong. I fought to become the person I am. I saw my dad change my mom. They almost changed me, but I realized what was happening. I immediately did what I could to not become like that. I'm a fighter, I'm strong, and I'm shooting through life like a rocket. (coughs)
0: Afterwards, the floor was passed on to John Doe, number two, who identified himself during the reading of his letter. During this reading, it is possible to see Louise crying a lot.
4: Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto
5: sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, Venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos.
4: Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal.
7: Bom uh, dia, Honor. Meu nome é um, Joshua e eu vou ler dois declarações hoje. Eu vou começar com a declaração Jessica. Correct. I love both of my parents so much. Although it may not have been the best way of raising us, I'm glad that they did because it made me the person I am today. I just want to thank them for teaching me about God and faith. I hope that they never lose their faith. God looks at the heart and I and I know he sees theirs. Sorry. I pray often for them. I am doing well. I am going to college full time, I have an apartment, and I am able to transport myself independently by bus, bike, or walking. We are not, nece- we are not supposed to necessarily understand God's will, but we are only to follow and trust in him. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. My thoughts than your thoughts, said the lord. isaiah fifty five nine Never lose faith. You are one of his sheep, and he is constantly watching. Over his flock, sorry. I love you, and I wanted you to know. P.S. Yes. God is all we need. The next statement I will read is my own. I cannot describe in words what we went through growing up. Sometimes I still have nightmares of things that had happened, such as my siblings being chained up or getting beaten. But that is the past and this is now. I love my parents and have forgiven them for a lot of the things that they did to us. Since January, I have learned so much and become very independent. In June of last year, I learned how to ride a bike And ever since then, I've been hooked and right everywhere, such as to school, store, or sometimes I just go on long rides because I enjoy it so much. I live in an apartment and go to a nearby college. I'm getting a bachelor's degree in software engineering. And um, after I get my bachelor's degree, I'm going to get a job as a software engineer and go to school part-time to get my master's degree. <coughs> I also have learned how to advocate for myself, how to swim, how to eat healthy and prepare a balanced meal. I've also been learning how to manage money wisely. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you.
9: Um, My name is Janet LaTourette, J-A-N-E-T-L-A-T-O-U-R-E-T-T-E. This note is from Joy. I want the court to know that our parents loved each other and loved each of their children. People in Texas, even friends, said our parents were having too many children. Our parents didn't agree. They felt that God blessed them with all their children. So they kept away from the world and trusted God would guide them through life. Our mother wrote two small notes to our father. The first note reads, always let God be in control of your life. We have a perfect life because God has always taken such good care of us. I am so thankful to God for this. I would love for us to pray together on a regular basis. Spend our time with God will make our life more awesome. The second note reads, children are the most awesome gift ever. I've always known our precious and wonderful children are. When they are your own, it's even awesome. The best gifts ever. Through the years, things became more and more overwhelming, but they kept trusting in God. I remember our mother sitting in her recliner and crying, saying she don't know what to do. She didn't want to use rope or chain, but she was afraid her children were taking in too much sugar and caffeine. The reason our parents didn't stop buying the soda was because father needed it for work. He would fall asleep driving and got in an accident. They didn't know what else to do. I believe our parents feared if they asked for help, they would lose their children. Our parents didn't know we were malnourished. They thought we all got the gene from our mother because she was so small. I remember mother saying, God has blessed us with healthy children. Our parents would get us pizza and Mexican food every other week and sometimes more than once a week. Our mother would always tell us to let her know if we are still hungry and she will give us more. Their first child went to a public school. They started noticing she wasn't really learning much, so mother started teaching her at home and saw a big difference. Our parents decided to start homeschooling all their children. It worked out good at first, but through the years it became very overwhelming. I believe our parents were afraid to put us in public school for many reasons. They felt that God put it on their hearts to homeschool. When we came to California, people treated us so much better and people started telling us our family was a blessing. Our parents finally felt safe to start taking us out as a family. They got us annual passes to Disneyland and took us to see the Grand Canyon, Flintstone Park, Vegas, etc. Every year, from as far back as I can remember, our parents tried to give us the nicest Christmas they could. They would get us what we wanted, even if they couldn't afford it. They always tried to keep up with our birthdays every year, too. Closer to the end, things became more overwhelming again. I truly believe most of this was because our mother lost both of her parents in 2016. I feel like 25 years is too long. I believe with all my heart that our parents tried their best to raise all 13 of us. And they wanted to give us a good life. They believed everything they did was to protect us. If at all possible, I would really appreciate if the court would place our parents as close to the detention center they are in right now. So if we ever want to visit them, we can. Also, I want the two-year restraining order lifted and I want to be allowed to talk to both my parents by phone. Thank you for hearing my statement.
6: Um, Not to address the court, Your Honor, um, we spoke in chambers about this. Uh, There are five letters from the minors uh, that uh, are, they requested to be given to the defendants to read privately and then return back to them. We receive those letters from uh, their uh, advocate, Rosemary Geron, uh, and after today's proceeding, we will allow Mr. and Mrs. Turpin to read those letters privately and then return them back to the VA's office, in which we'll return them back to the, uh,
8: to the minor Any objections to that?
0: Afterwards, David Turpin began reading his statement, but he was unable to read it and asked his attorney to do it. Your Honor, I thank God for all of my children. Each one of them is a blessing
2: from God. My homeschooling and discipline have good intentions. I never intended for any harm to come to my children. I'm sorry if I've done anything to cause them harm. I'm glad we were able to resolve this case without my children being forced to testify. I love my children and I believe my children love me. I hope and pray that my children can stay close to each other and look out for each other, since their mother and father cannot be there for them and with them. I hope the very best for my children in their future. I hope my oldest son successfully completes the two college degrees he's
8: been working on. I'm sorry, I needed to modify that that part of the statement. I I hope my oldest son... And four dollars currently in college successfully complete the degrees they are working on, and I hope they are successful in their chosen professions. I'll, 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 I'll try to continue. I wish my second son success in finalizing his career plan and completing whatever additional education may be required.
0: Soon after, it was Louise's turn.
8: I love our children so much. I'm blessed to be the mother of each one of them. I only what's the best for them? Their happiness is very important to me. They're very smart, amazing individuals. I hope they all I hope they get all the education they need to make their dreams. Of all is. I want them to know that mom and dad are going to be okay. I also want them to know I believe God has a special plan for each of them. I really look forward to the day I can see them, hug them, and tell them I'm sorry. I want them to know how special they are and how very proud I am of them. I pray for my children every day. I want to say again, I'm truly sorry. I am for everything I've done for them. I love them more than they could
0: ever imagine. Thank you, Your Honor. Despite the punishments they received, David and Louise will certainly receive better treatment than they have given their children all these years. Furthermore, they were prohibited from contacting the children by any means, telephone, social media, or even letters, and were sentenced to life imprisonment. Getting in touch with the children would not be easy as some of them have changed their names. The only ones who appear from time to time to give interviews are Jennifer and Jordan, but their new locations and identities are kept completely confidential. I believe we can hope that all 13 siblings can have a normal and healthy life from now on.